I'm not kidding here. I do hope that we get the AR <laughs> Roman Reigns as a skin in 2K24. I'm just throwing that out there. But <laughs> if you throw awful low res <laughs> polygon <laughs> shiny looking weird ass, oh man, that would be amazing. Welcome to 141 and two-thirds percent, the wrestling podcast hosted by two lapsed wrestling fans who can literally stop watching wrestling at any time. I'm back, baby. Listen to the dexterity of my voice. I don't yeah, need teeth. Jaw I don't need teeth. Fuck those teeth. Get the teeth out of here. Fuck those teeth. Get the teeth out of here. My name is Tyler. I'm... I'm a I'm a changed man. That's what I am, Tyler. I'm a changed man. I think I gave I'm Will, by the way. Uh, I gave Tyler a text over on Friday night to to show him, tell him what I how I really felt. And I'm not happy about everything, but we'll get into it. There's I'm I'm going through some changes in the wrestling world. He's going through changes in his opinions. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it had to, and you know what? It was, it was, a, it was a shirt that made me change my opinion. It was a shirt <laughs> that when I saw it, I was like, "I've been wrong. I've been wrong the whole time." Wow, the shirt now was I what know did I was it, wrong. Huh? Interesting. Okay, I'm, yeah, I'm excited shirt, to get to the that. The shirt was clearly a decision, and we will, <laughs> and we will get into it here. We'll get into it here. All right. All right. So we're gonna have, we're gonna have guys. I got, I got a Tyler Young guarantee. It's coming in under two hours today. We're going to fucking nail this down okay. so that we can actually start doing some of the additional content that I initially planned for this stupid fucking show. So we're going to come in under additional two hours. Additional content. I, wow, I, wow, 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 I've wow. made the decision. I've, I've, I have different note styles here. We're going to breeze through some shit we don't really care about anymore. We're not going to go beat by beat. We're going to cut some. We're going to trim some fat. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. we're gonna cut we're gonna cut some meat and we're gonna make it work. Uh, I don't have really much for news this week. Do you have anything anything catch your eye on news this week in the wrestling world, specifically WWE? Nothing news. Nope. Nothing news wise. Um, I did see a hilarious picture of Orange Cassidy and oh, fuck. What was the other uh, guy? Darby Allen. Uh, Darby Allen uh, at some event, probably a football game with Tony Khan, and I sent it to Tyler, going like, they just look like two kids. Like stuck. <laughs> it was pretty at great. their dad's work function, and I was like, I and I've been hanging out with. This sounds terrible as soon as I say it, but I've been hanging out with a lot of kids lately. Been doing a lot of family events, and all kids want to do is play on their Nintendo Switch. Absolutely, and I feel it. I feel you. I feel you. And just seeing that picture, I thought that was great stuff. But my, no, my, no uh, news. Just a lot of memes. My nieces just got Nintendo Switches, which I was actually kind of shocked. They got. They both got Switch Lights, and I'm assuming it was like a big sale or something because. Uh, switches. That Switch family I? switches switches that family is not like switches? um I, I don't want to say cheap but they just don't really do like superfluous purchases they're poor and they're definitely not poor they just like kind of like oh, are man. very they curate their children's technology exposure so i was kind of shocked to see that they're they fascists. got switches but you know they're getting older and you got to get if you got two kids nearly the same age you get one of them a switch you got to get the other one a switch that sucks. Yeah, yeah. You gotta put some years in between the two kids so you can delay the inevitable. Because eventually, like you get kid one switch, and then you and then you have a kid five years down the road, they can get the like switch two, and the first kid can't complain because he's already he's already making his own money. Exactly. Yeah. Right? 
I mean, that happened to me. Like, I, there was a brief period there because I'm five years older than my oldest brother, and I have three little brothers, where I started working and could, like, afford things. And they had to, like, come to the understanding that just because, like, a console was in the house doesn't mean it's for everyone because I bought it. It's mine. It's not, like, a Christmas Uh. gift for the family. So I actually had a Nintendo Wii (laughs) at one point. And I was kind of, I wasn't going to say getting sick of it, but I wanted to switch over to an Xbox. So I, my mom bought the Wii off me and then I used that money to buy an Xbox. And that was the, uh, that was the end of my Nintendo only fanboyism. And I got Call of Duty and ah. I was like, beep, 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 There you go. I think I was, uh, I, I had a sister, so I never had to worry about the, the shared console sort of thing. Like we, she had a Wii. But she played like Wii Sports on it, and yeah. I wasn't really that interested in the Nintendo stuff. So I was just like, I was with you. I was in the Call of Duty zone, hiding corners, Hell yeah. camping, camping, baby. Put Back put a couple claymores down, find a find a tall tower, sniping people. Yep, and just uh, the only other, uh, start shooting. The only other piece of news I had was I saw that it wasn't exactly like serious, but LA Knight was like Usher should play Yeah at WrestleMania. And I can come out. He and absolutely I, should. I can sing it with him, <laughs> which is a great idea. <laughs> I want this to happen so badly. It would never, ever in a million years happen. Never. But, never. But, I mean, crazier things have happened. Like, you know, we have Bad Bunny show up and fight, literally have a match with Damian Priest. Yeah, it's true. Last year. Yeah. It's, so, yeah, like, and wrong. that's a superstar. The Bad Bunny's huge. So, th- crazier things have happened. I just don't know if Usher has what it takes based on a Super Bowl performance. I'm worried about his stamina and show stamina. It's different than ring stamina. Oh man, I'm not I'm not worried about his stamina at all. He fucking killed the Super Bowl for a man of his age doing all that dancing and no lip syncing. I think he was legit singing the entire time. You know what? I just can totally thought there for a second that Usher was going to be in a match with LA Knight. Don't know how that slipped into my head, but for a few seconds there but you liked what there. you saw in your head, the 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 yeah, yeah, the yeah I really match. Liked it. Who gets no, to win? Yeah, the yeah, the crowd yeahs would have been insane. Oh man, every hit just yeahs all over all over Philly. Oh yeah, and then you have the echoes of the yeah too, because there's Usher fans doing the yeah yeah, and then we yeah and yeah then we have the L.A. Night fans. Yeah, that is that is news. I think that's worth getting trending. I don't know if that's going to get very far. I personally was I really liked it when Grayson Waller tried to take on the Swifties, try to coax Taylor Swift into a WWE squared circle. Uh, it's a smart move. He's got nothing WWE. to lose there. He's got nothing to lose. He's got nothing to lose. It should have it should have happened, but it didn't work out. Unfortunately, I think the Swifties just drowned him out on Twitter and couldn't get anywhere. Yeah, he's Sorry, not, not, not quite popular enough. All right, well, let's uh, let's pick it up and go right into uh, SmackDown from February 16th, live from Salt Lake City, Utah. And my note Absolutely. here, my, my first note is... Utah? <laughs> I'm, Utah? In, <laughs> I'm in a miserable mood. I miss food and cigarettes and booze. Because <laughs> this was Friday. Uh... This is your normal state of being. I don't know why you need to write that down to let us know. I was just, the whole two thing, I will say, we're lucky we recorded the (laughs) the day of because I was just increasingly more and more miserable for those first four days. Like Tyler hates teeth. The the lack of cigarettes and booze was one thing. 
but the lack of food was definitely by far the biggest piss off. I was so sick of pea soup and applesauce and pudding and mashed potatoes. I just wanted to like eat a burger more than anything. I like it was insane how just three days of having to abstain from chewable foods drove me mental. And I was so hungry all the time because I think the body, if it's not breaking something down, it thinks it's like I was eating. I was eating. It's breaking down itself. I was eating like like pounds of mashed potatoes coated in gravy. Filled with butter and sour cream and cheese. Like, I was trying to push every single calorie I could into those mashed potatoes. And they were delicious. But my stomach was like, nope, not enough. Sorry, bud. (laughs) What a disaster. Stomach is like, kill me. Just absolute disaster. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I, I think it, it, put you, it put you in a headspace, and I think we're going to see throughout this uh, episode here, specifically this SmackDown episodes, that you were in a specific headspace for this. Uh, even, I noticed something when I was texting you during this episode as well, and it was pain. <laughs> Just what, what, what was it particularly that was uh, signifying pain to you? The response times. There was a long response, long intervals from responses. <laughs> and I, I knew you were watching. I knew you were watching, uh, but it took a while, and that that was that was telling. And uh, short short responses, lots of uh, hahas and oh teehees, lols. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I was your hahas and teehees. I was such a prick to Sharon, my fiance. I was so <laughs> mean, and I was tell like, and I knew it too. Like I was telling her while it was going down, like I'm so sorry that I am a misery to be around right now. And I, I, I can acknowledge the fact, like, I know what's happening, but I cannot change it. I want to die. Was she like, this is normal? This is everything? This is every day with you? I am not surprised by your behavior? <laughs> she was actually dealt with it pretty well, but, like, you know, she was, like, getting, especially, like, when I was peaking, she was peaking with her frustrations. Like, yeah, we get it. Yeah. Your face hurts. And then you add in wrestling on top of that, and we already know how much she hates wrestling. Oh, yeah, yeah. So She can't even, like, try Ooh. to put up with it, which is kind of weird to me because she's such a fan of reality television, and I do think there are some parallels there. But I, I, I don't know what it is that is her block. I think it might be, like, her feelings about wrestling as a young person were so negative that, like, she just can't get over that mental block. Um, but, I mean, uh, I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, she just can't really... She can't, she, she's tried, she's tried a little bit. I think for her, especially right. the matches is, is where she really checks out. Cause if you're just following the, the promos and the storylines, you can kind of get behind it, but sure, yeah, it's the actual like wrestling matches itself where she's just completely checked out and couldn't care less. Interesting. Mm. Oh. Well, I mean, to each their own, but speaking of matches, we're kicking off this what uh, this Friday night SmackDown for February sixteenth uh, with, I believe it's KO versus Dom. That's yeah. our that's our kickoff match. KO versus Dom in an uh, elimination chamber qualifying match. Uh, Dom, I gotta say, I I I think this one was, I thought this one was a way more straightforward than I thought it was going to be. I said last week if I was gonna put money on it. I would put pick Dom and I, I see why they went with KO because KO obviously is uh, the more experienced experienced wrestler. I think he has more of like a face appeal to him, 
But having a full-on heel in EC like Dom would have added a little bit more dimension to the EC lineup right now. Uh, But that being said, what I wanted to happen was like Judgment Day gets involved or something else gets involved. But instead, we got something a little bit better. We got a little bit better. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was a pretty sluggish match all around. I thought it was, uh, you know, way too many false finishes for the amount of time that the match went on. And everything was kind of moving a little slow. I don't think KO and Dom have worked together very much because they didn't really didn't really have too much chemistry in the ring, I didn't feel. Um, Not too much, yeah. And, you know, it was uh, Dom coming out with the mic, which was interesting. You don't see that too often. But he's still getting those boos. People still love shredding his ass when he comes out and, and, and cuts a promo with the mic. They still love booing over him, which we haven't really seen much of in the last, I'd say, three or four months. But uh, well, there's a lot to say for Judgment Day recently. There's been a lot of talking, yeah, amongst the group. Definitely, and, definitely. I mean, giving the mic over to Dom, you gotta have to be aware of the crowd at this point, which is why I think they made a decision for the first match of Raw when we get around to it. Why they chose that first match? I think it's because they're noticing how the crowd is reacting and how the crowd is kind of taking over certain situations. They're planning these bits. Like, they clearly wanted Dom with a microphone so they could get the booing in and to also put KO in that super face situation where they could just beat yeah. his ass. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. And I, I thought it was like, again, the match wasn't great all around, but R Truth coming out and <laughs> yelling about, like, he's, at first I was like, he's yelling something about the Miz. And I'm like, oh, so, wait, he thinks <laughs> KO is the Miz. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was from the, uh, uh, I think it was Monday Night Raw the week earlier that week where uh, they were announcing or maybe on Friday Night Smackdown the week before uh, R-Truth came out during a KO segment with Dom and kept on calling him Miz going like, like I was calling you. I was calling you and you didn't, you didn't get my <laughs> message. And Kevin Owens like, I, I, what? It's great. It's a great bit. Honestly, man. As as an umbrella blanket term for this entire podcast for the end of time, well, until maybe something else happens, something terrible, let's put our truth in everything, always. They I are want them on beating, TV every week. They're beating a dead horse with every our truth bit, and it's still landing so, so good, good every time for me. I, I, I'm sure there's people out there who are not into it, but I, like, the whole mistaken identity thing with... DIY and DX and Miz and KO and Adam Pierce and Nick Aldis and and, and Tom (laughs) and Nick Mysterio. Like I am, I, it it doesn't stop being hilarious to me every time. It's so good. He sells it so well. And for him to come out during KO's match to protect the Miz, even though it's KO, just is even better. And you know, and I, I like to think like as a, as a person that gets, that loves to get wrapped up in the story. I think it's almost like telling where where our truth's heart's at. You know, I think we'll be seeing a little bit more of the Miz in our truth's future. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. But overall, nothing too crazy from this match. I think the I think KO. I, I I'm not. I can't remember any spots to be honest with you. It was a bit of a crazy weekend for me. But uh, with KO winishing, uh, winishing. Uh, with KO winning the match, I thought I think that's the right choice, but I still would have loved Dom in Elimination Chamber. I think that would have been a little bit more fun 
Me too. Me too. And I think that was the initial plan they were talking about before Lesnar got canceled for being into pee. So I <laughs> I think like I think basically what we're going to see here is like because I'll just briefly talk about what just after this we have Drew to cut in a backstage promo and L.A. Knight comes in and they really go toe to toe in a terrific way. Both of them are on fire right Great now. Great stuff. And their back and yep. forth was was quick, but it was it delivered. It was it was very satisfying. I think what we're kind of looking at here is maybe Logan Paul and KO starting the match, and then having their little spot in there to kind of prep for what I believe is going to be a rematch at WrestleMania, and then we end with LA Knight and Drew as the last two. With you know, I would have a month ago, two months ago, I would have said LA Knight, but. It's a difficult, it's a difficult booking to have LA Knight versus versus Seth right now, and it's a much easier booking to have Drew versus Seth. And the right call is Drew versus Seth. And Drew is sure. so on fire right now, which we we're gonna continue He's to talk about. Great. Uh, just yeah. incredible run right now, it, with all the shit going on around him, and and from what I hear, from what I read, like he still doesn't have a new contract. Um, it's supposed to expire, I believe, at the end of April or the beginning of April. But they're they're promoting Ooh. him for shows after that. His character's so good right now. He's moving merch. I have to assume that it's just a formality at this point, and that once they yeah. lock him in, they're going to yeah. give him the belt and give Seth a rest because they're 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 leading right into the to the the SummerSlam match against Punk, right? So, um, yeah, I think that's what we're going to see though is a little bit of KO. Logan Paul, maybe not, maybe, maybe they won't be the first two, but I think they will have a, a, a moment where they are the only two still active in the elimination chamber with maybe a couple people behind yeah. the walls. Yeah. But we'll see how that all or plays just out. Like, or just like laying down on the ground being hurt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then we got a, we got a, a Dunn and Bate lame promo with uh, Dom issuing Dune a challenge. and Bate. Dune and Bate. How dare you? <laughs> The uh, what's what's their what's their name now? They're going with like new, new catch, new catch, Imperium yeah, or some by, bullshit. They're going by the new Dune. The new the Bate Dune connection. Uh, let me just look <laughs> it up here because they were British strong style, but now they are new catch Republic. New catch Republic. Sure, whatever. New I like the, I like them wrestling. Sure. All right. I like the catch. You know, in there, they're fun to watch wrestle. It's just that they're fun. I don't really particularly take them too seriously, mostly just because of how WWE books. I absolutely think they could have a run with the tag teams for sure, but I don't know if I could ever take either one of them, even as an IC or a US champ. And it sucks, but because they're really great workers, but it's just you know the size of them. It's very difficult to put them over in the WWE atmosphere. Sure. Yeah. They don't have that presence quite. They don't really quite have that presence that you need from a singles performer. Yeah. Size. and But, like, they, they've got all the skills there. In fact, like, that match that they had with DIY is fan-fucking-tastic. Like, it's great. Uh, but you're right. Like, they just don't have that, like, just that little touch of the sauce to put them up as singles but putting them as a as an actual named tag team that could help that could help i think that we need a little bit more matching outfits though i think we need to get okay <laughs> i know that tyler like we were talking about this with tyler Bate last 
week. I'm going to keep calling Bate. By the way, this is how I love it. We're we're in now. Bate and Dude, it's it's happening. I'm sure some of the listeners are going to be like, I fucking hate this. Anyway, uh, I we need them out of their current gear. Unfortunately, it just doesn't look good. I like Dune's hair. I think the hair being down, I think that's a little bit better than when he had it like that top knot back when he was in the brawling boots. I think Dune's whole uh, look is good. Seamus? I'm not a fan of the, 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 the suit myself. I guess what it, that's what you call it. I'm okay with it. You know, um, I don't, I don't, I don't mind. I don't even mind his intro maybe, music or his limited, uh, his limited Titantron. You know, his graphics. It's just, you know, I think he has a. I, I both of them are weird because I think Bate has the wrestling and the charisma and the promo, but the look isn't quite there, especially with his ring gear. And Dune has, see. yeah. He has almost, he has all three, but everything is like 75% good. His look is like a B plus, his promo is a B plus, and his ring work is, well, probably a little bit higher, maybe like an A or an A minus. Um, he's yeah. just lacking that extra thing that I think will really put him over into the stratosphere. Like, you just like, picture Pete Dune against, I don't know... Drew McIntyre. Could you ever possibly believe Pete Dune winning that match? <laughs> no, if Drew will eat him alive. Or Rollins, or Rhodes, or Punk, or Roman, or yeah. Jey Uso, yeah. or Gunther. He just doesn't, like, he's just not believable in that role for me. And, you know, things change, yeah. and booking is booking, and you could get him over. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's unique, the things he does with the stretching of the limbs and the joint manipulation and stuff like that. But it also is kind of I lame. do really like that. I, I wasn't sold on it when I first saw it. And this is coming from, like, newer fan. I don't know how long he's been doing this, like, finger pulling and joint stuff that uh, as part of his style. But it took me a little bit. After, like, two or three matches, I was like, this makes a lot of sense. Like, just that, like, the pain you feel in your fingers is so real to everybody. Like everybody's like stubbed their fingers. Yeah. Everyone can identify with that pain. Everybody everybody can identify with that pain. So I think that's kind of like a fun trick of psychology that he's using. I don't know if he's doing that on purpose or not, but I just think that's a very fun thing of psychology. And it's it's unique too. No one's really doing it. And so it helps him stand out. No, no, no. Honestly, it comes down to the look for me for both Pate and Dune. I think if we can get something a little bit more uniform between the two of them, we might have something that can we can uh, we can roll with. But True. for the love of God, don't do this like rocker goth bit again. We've got two of these goddamn factions. We don't need another. Yeah, and honestly, like I'm trying to think of like a pitch right now, and I can't think of anything that really works. So you I mean, know, maybe I, like a, what I, I've been I, pitching for Shayna Baszler, like a little bit more down to earth jeans and. Jeans and uh, leather jacket kind of deal might work, but Bat- Bate doesn't sure, okay. really play into that with his attitude. I, but I thought no, what, he's what, a little too smiley. What, what they were like, wearing ah! when they cut that promo in the bar, that that cinematic promo, like they looked great there. Now you obviously you can't wrestle in that, but wearing their like everyday street clothes, they kind of just seemed a little bit more palatable. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. So maybe there's something there. Maybe it's something in this bar world that we're thinking. I, I, I'm hesitant because of the brawling brutes and Dune being in that because that that falls down that like Irish 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, it's we, you said we have a, we, we have a friend named Luke and uh he looks like he kind of looked like Dune back in Brawling Brutes with the fucking hat. Oh yeah, absolutely. White beater on all the time. Yeah, that's a little Luke. Maybe that's why I can't take him seriously. Because he just looks like Luke with long hair. <laughs> uh but yeah, so they, you know, they cut a they cut a kind of a lame promo, but whatever. Dom challenges them, I think, uh, to a match on SmackDown. Yeah, because it wasn't on Raw this week. So on SmackDown, no, it's no, gonna no. be him and JD versus uh Bate and Dune, which should be a Pretty convincing win for Bate and Dune, kind of setting them up for the EC Tag Championship match. Give for them sure. a little bit of uh, give them a little bit of, of uh, work going into that. So then we move on to another EC uh, Q match, another Elimination Chamber qualifying match. It's uh, Selena Vega and Tiffany Stratton, and pretty much immediately they show that uh, <laughs> what I'm calling LW No now. That's my new name for uh, Legados del. Tornado. Oh God, it's so racist that I don't know the name. But honestly, it's just so forgettable Look, for me. Yeah, we've been we've been rough on this. Legados <laughs> Legados del del Imperium. Legados del. Look, if you spend one more second on this, jam. I'm going to leave, and I'm never going to come back. Legados. Right. They're outside. They're outside the mat. They're outside del... the ring, and there's a little spot. Oh, I fucking. Hate you so much right now. All oh, right, man, I, I took a gummy to... before recording this, and now <laughs> I have to host the show. You piece of shit. Legados. We got LW no. So okay, so we got LW no in their ringside. Uh, we, they show they kind of uh, they they show them there before the break, and then coming out of the break, LWO shows up, and it was a really rough match. It was another one of those three quarter speed matches where they were doing all their little bits and boops and bops but everything was just a little slow and a little out of sync and you know i like zelina vega and i love tiffany stratton um again another situation second match of the night where i don't think they have a lot of history working with each other and it kind of showed just a a few botches some rough spots here and there nothing was really smooth and then you know vega pulls the lw no girl over the barrier and then for some reason, throws her back oh. over the barrier. <laughs> this is this is really. Uh, I just remind. I just remembered this. Um, you might have to maybe even like go back to the beginning of this episode and cut this in. But a piece of news. Uh, what you're what you're talking about right now, the botches. I started thinking about that. I was like, yeah, I'm starting to notice a little bit more botches across the board for everybody, and I wonder why those botches are happening. And while you were talking there, it made me think of Shotzi and how she was injured last week. Oh yeah, we should have touched on that. Yeah, I mean we won't we'll, we'll leave Shotzi it in. Was this, injured. We'll leave it here. But Shotzi was injured, and she was supposed to be um, the in a match for the qualify. And we're gonna get to that match. She she was supposed to be in an elimination chamber yeah. qualifying match. Um, but she uh, but bu- I think busted it was her on knee. NXT. Yeah, she busted her knee on NXT. I did not watch it, but I, I did read about it when it happened. Yes. So, and that was it. Was kind of funny to me because on Friday last week they were promoting the Shotzi match, so they pre-taped NXT uh, like on Thursday night last week, and they're going to show it to, uh, on Tuesday uh, of this week. Right. So Shotzi is still going to be in that match, but she's going to get injured. And oh, I didn't realize that. For the, I didn't read that part. Yeah, I, I think that's what happened. I could be wrong. If, it, if a listener feels that passionate to let me know what the actual chain of events were, please let me know. One four one two three percent at gmail.com. 
There you go. You got it. Uh, but essentially what comes down here is that she got injured. And I wonder if these botches, because I'm noticing this, like I said, like kind of around everybody, uh, especially on a Monday Night Raw match that we're going to talk about that I was a little surprised to see them. I wonder if they're doing this because they're trying to play, be a little bit safer getting closer to WrestleMania. You know, we've had a string of injuries lately with Shotzi, with Charlotte, with Punk, with uh, Rollins. I wonder if it got to a point now that with Shotzi out, uh, management came down to the talent and was like, we need to tone it back a little bit, especially with WrestleMania on the line. Honestly, if I had to guess, I would say it's probably more because you're really watching the matches due to the podcast. I wouldn't say that it's any true. more or less than normal. In fact, I think the wrestling it's on true. a whole is more crisp over the last year or two. Um, but I th- also, I think there's just a couple of these thrown together matches where maybe some people haven't had a t- chance to work with each other before. People are getting promoted right now from NXT. And there's it's some uh, different, and, and because of the injuries, people are being forced into situations uh, that are a little bit out of their comfort zone. And I think that might be part of yeah. it as well, but I can't say for sure. But yeah, I'm kind of over the whole LWO, no, LWO saga. Um, it's fine. It's just definitely the weakest part of SmackDown on a week-to-week basis. It doesn't, make, it doesn't make any sense, really. I mean, like, I mean, it does make sense. We know where uh, Santos, Escobar, like, we, we know how that became to be, came to be with him turning heel but it's just you know it's just tired now it's just yeah it's a little stagnant and a little repetitive and they don't do a good enough job of differentiating these people as human beings and as characters they're just they're just also rands you know it's just like santos's group and some other guys versus carlito's group and some other guys and they've always had a struggle I mean, Zelina's is obviously pretty over, but they've always kind of struggled putting the uh, the other two LWO guys over, and it's it's kind of the same things happening with the LWO no guys, the the tag team there. So, you yeah, know, yeah, it's a holding pattern for Santos. I think he's going to be an absolute superstar. Um, yep, I'm interested to see if they drag Andrade into it. We're going to talk about Andrade a little bit later. I thought he had a very good promo on Raw. Uh, I don't know cool, if that's yeah. that's where it's going with that. Um, I hope not, actually. I hope Andrade is just kind of his own thing. But, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of over this, and it's just filler for me right now. It kind of reminds me of the OC stuff from six months ago, five months ago. It's just kind of like <laughs> something that's happening that I don't really particularly care about. And, I mean, speaking of that, All AJ right. is, is brooding in the back, and he's con- he's just sit- he's sitting there in the locker room being an emo kid, and he's confronted by the OC. <laughs> And like honestly, could not care less about this. Whatever that I don't know where this is. The <laughs> they didn't is heading. even say. They didn't even say welcome to the OC bitch. Like the low hanging fruit. They that it was sitting right there for them. So yeah, quick quick it's through that. Right don't there. really doesn't really matter. And then they quick cut to after that AJ emo kid brooding to final testament. And is it just me? Or did AOP get bigger cargo vests that have even more pockets? <laughs> I did notice that. <laughs> I did. I, I might be wrong. I, I I never noticed the cargo vests before, but I clearly noticed them because it's everything that I could think about with AOP. Especially when they were coming into that ring. I remember looking at those pockets and going like, so what are you keeping in there? I think like, they're, they're getting like some like, sort of fucking thing. I swear to God, it's a bit and they're getting bigger every week. Like the, the the pockets are getting larger. There's more of them. 
Like, is that what Rob Liefeld's There's doing so now? There's so many pockets. <laughs> is, is Rob Liefeld just, like, a fucking designer for AOP? Is that where he's getting his money? <laughs> like, it's just wild. Like, and I like AOP, and Rob I think they, they they could be used wow. in, a, in a good way. But the Final Testament stuff is just a fucking disaster. Like, it's just, it's hard to take them seriously. And I like every single member of that group. I think they all have something to offer the wrestling business. And it's just not clicking, and I cannot take it seriously whatsoever. Anyways. (laughs) I think it comes down to the goth, It's this goth, like, evil gimmick for me. Like, for me, it's that gimmick. Like, you already have one. It's the Judgment Day. It works for Judgment Day. They kind of lean into it, but they're kind of goofy at the same time. These guys take the, the, and and I know it's not them. I say these guys, but it's writers involved and all that. They're taking them to Undertaker such an territory. Extent. Undertaker territory where it's just so serious and doesn't have that like teeheeness of the Yeah, Judgment like Judgment Day, Day are a Judgment bunch Day of fucking losers who formed a gang and they think they're really cool. <laughs> and you're they're like, the yeah, Foot yeah. Clan. They're the Foot Clan from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They show yeah. up and they do a little they do a little fucking nonsense here and there. It's and our truth has and done a good job of cool. like of making it of kind of bringing out the playfulness of it and the non-seriousness of having like a group that has Damien as daddy, Finn as the uncle, and then fucking the two little shitheads, JD and Dom, with mommy running the whole thing. You know, it was, it was they were it's doing fantastic. it. They were a little too serious for a while, and Truth has really kind of threaded the needle here to make us like kind of like take them less seriously. Because Truth is poking fun at them, but also kind of increasing the heelness with them beating the shit out of Truth. Final Testament is just like confusing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say that because yeah, that that's another thing is that they're they're more believable as heels Judgment Day because they are doing something legitimately evil, and that's hurting our boy, our Truth. Right? That's a you don't do that here. The WWE right now is just, it's not really, it's not really, you know, they've really moved away from traditional 80s, 90s storytelling lately. And so when you have a Final Testament or you have a Viking Raiders, it really, really sticks out. It sticks out like a sore thumb and it just doesn't fit. And you, you want to tune out. You want to tune out, unfortunately. Yeah. Everybody in that, in that faction are super strong. And I love it. I, I watched an interview with Karrion Cross on the Chris Van Fleet show. And that dude's like hilarious, super normal. And actually totally. his normal personality would probably be kind of cool to see as his like wrestling personality. They, but they don't let him show that. They don't let these guys be anything else other than these like undertaker underlings. Yeah. I do think Karrion Cross from is probably Road the warriors. Yeah, exactly. I think Karrion Cross is like the number one guy. If I had to pick someone who needs to go away and leave WWE and go smash some heads in on like TNA or Ring of Honor or or AEW, like he could be such an effective. You know, I think I think he's like he could be like an MJF. He could have that kind that of would be cool shit yeah. heel middle ground. Drew Mackin, kind of what Drew's doing right now, you know, kind of comedy seriousness, but also kind of a dick. 
And he could totally pull that off. But I think he needs to go away and kind of refine that and, and get people to forget about him a bit. And then he can come back to WWE. I could see him as a world champion, 100%. But he's nowhere fucking close to it right now. No, no. And it, unfortunately, it's the it's this group. It comes down to yeah, this group. It's the booking. And yeah, it's, I, that's, that, is a really, that is a really good point. Because even when you have AOP and uh, I can't – what's the bald guy's name again? Uh, Paul Ellering. Paul Ellering. Uh, if you have L- AOP, Paul er- Ellering, and what's the girl's name again? Scarlet. Scarlet. Get all three of them, or get those four. That could probably work a little bit better. Karrion Cross is his, he himself has a bit of a shadow that's kind of overcasting over everybody, and it, because and because of that, it's not working. It's not vibing well, you know. Yeah, that sucks because I I really do respect his his in ring work. And I think he's good on the mic, and I, I think there's a lot of oppor- there's a lot of potential for him, and they're just not utilizing him correctly. And the supernatural shit is like it's just not getting over with anyone. No one gives a fuck. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's let's move right. on from uh, FT. So uh, yeah, so we got a we got a damage control promo. It was very Nakamura esque. It was uh, one of those Jap- delivered in Japanese, which is good. You know, they put them in their comfort zone. Let them go off in their native language and translate it. I, I thought it was fine enough, but it is what it is. They're just talking shit about Bailey, and they've they've kind of put that on the back burner <laughs> this week. Um, yeah. anything anything else to say about that? Nope, you nailed yeah. it. Uh, and then um, and then we cut. I think from the break, or perhaps from the damage control pro row. I don't remember. To two NXT guys I have never heard of standing in the ring, <laughs> no intro music, and AOP is Nothing. in desperate need Full of a legitimizing. Dollars. Just right away, it's like, oh, R.I.P. And so AOP goes in there and stomps the living hell out of them as expected. And then let's move on to, uh, we got Logan Paul and The Miz. <laughs> no, you missed a very crucial bit about this match. About okay. this match. And it's not about the match itself. It's about our conversation about the match while it was going down. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I sent him a text. I was like, uh, I, I think you're at this point in it. And that means if you're at this match, it's going to be done. That match will be done in three, two. And then he already sent me a message. Going, it's already done. Yeah. Like, Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> knew exactly what, what I was getting into when that one started for sure. And I haven't seen that in WWE in quite some time. Just a straight oh, yeah, up just like full on squash. Cut cut to no music, just two guys in the ring ready to get their shit pumped in. Uh did didn't I haven't seen that in a while. So uh it was good like like again, like we were saying, I like AOP. I, I think they could be really effective in the tag team division, which really is lacking a lot of traditional teams, and they could be taken very seriously, but we gotta get through this final testament garbage. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, Logan Paul and The Miz, uh, it, uh, shocked to learn that it was Logan Paul's first televised match on SmackDown. Didn't know that. I guess it makes Crazy, sense. Eh? He mostly just, I guess, performs at PLEs, which makes sense. Yeah, but he's looking for legitimizing in a in in this world, and I and I respect that. I think what what was clear about this match was it needed to be toned down, and I feel like. Paul sometimes has this need to go to go 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 because every every match he's had has been on a PLE where yeah you can you can expend that energy and he's also had like three months to recuperate so when he comes back he's like all kinds of fresh so seeing him wrestle within a couple of weeks oh no not a couple of weeks he didn't wrestle he wrestled uh, it doesn't matter uh, coming to SmackDown where he'll probably be 
trying to perform more often. I think it was clear here he toned it down a little bit from the craziness that he usually does. Yeah, and they put him in a match with Miz. He's great, you know, a great guy to be in the ring with Paul because he can call the match and, and kind of carry him along. It started really quick and good. Something got fucked up a little early. There was a couple rough spots. Um, and they turned the corner and picked up the pieces after that. There was some real creative offense by Logan, which I really like about him. He'll bring a, a unique move sets to the table, I think, because of his lack of training. Uh, you know, it, it, it right. was it was it was fine. It, it was it was a fine match. Um, there was some more mild interference by one of Paul's lackeys. Uh, Jeff is his name. Who this guy looks so Jeff. fucking weird. What is with that so he shit eating he grin stoned. he's got? Yeah, is he baked? Is he on opiates? He's is he on high. fentanyl? He is so he's on so much gummies, man. He is fucked up. He has no idea where he is, and he's having a great time doing it. It's it's wild. I just the one thing I want to point out is Logan Paul's Mav uh logo on his pants looks a lot like AEW when it's upside down. Like, All it right, looks exactly look like it says AEW. Mav. Mav. Logo. I want to see this. I want to see this in person. I don't know. It's because the way that they do the, the A for Mav, they do, like, the lowercase A. So, it looks like... Oh, I see. I down. see. Okay. Because I was getting a... Because I, I was looking at it. And all I get are pictures of birds, like his actual bird logo. Because he has a clothing line. I didn't know this. I'm learning this right now. Called Maverick. I know. I didn't know that either, which we probably should have. Uh, but yeah, look at... We probably uh, should have. Look at this. I'll send you one right now. Look at this picture. No, I'm looking at look one. look at it upside down. I'm looking at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, if you look at it upside it down... It does. It straight up just says it AEW. Does look, <laughs> it does AEW. I wonder if that's... I wonder if that's a, a moment we caught there. 3D chess by uh, Logan, as always. 3D chess. Uh, anything else you want to say about this match? I, I think it was pretty straightforward. Well, probably one of Logan's it weakest matches. But kind of necessary. Yes, 100% Logan's weak, weakest match. I don't think it was a bad match at all. There was a number of good, like, just good moments. And I thought the chemistry for them working together, I believe for the first time, uh, was pretty good all around. I think when, uh, I do when Logan it... came in, he was with the Miz. I think Miz was the heel, and Logan was his Hollywood buddy, if I remember correctly. But I don't think they've ever ah. wrestled each other. Good point, good point. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I do want to point out that uh, the Miz's wife, I think she was diagnosed with cancer a couple weeks ago. Uh, that's yeah. why that that our truth match where he was calling the Miz going like, Miz, Miz, where are you? They're going to kill me, Miz. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best, one of the best moments ever. Uh, that's why Miz wasn't there, but I'm, that's conjecture, but that sucks, man. He's still out there. He's still going, going for it. Even in this time. Yeah. Fuck, fuck, we man. wish that all the best to uh, Maurice and we'll, hopefully she recovers. No problem. Good Canadian yeah. girl. Maurice, um, sorry. That, I'm terrible with names. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And then so we move on to uh, Naomi Alba Fire for another Elimination Chamber qualifying match. And two things. One, <laughs> this is this is where Shotzi was supposed to be. Shotzi was supposed to be in this match. I'm not sure 
I think gotcha. Shotzi would have probably won. She is doing some stuff on NXT. I'm not entirely sure exactly what she's doing, but I know that she was in NXT as a fairly big woman in NXT. Um, maybe doing so, some developing, like maybe getting her touch over somewhere else so that they can bring that heat. Yeah, well, like they rotate people down there, right? Like Becky had a run with the NXT title there like six months ago, and she was doing a lot of work down there. And, and they, they will like fold people in, down there to like, Right. Help build up the kids, and and if they don't have anything going on on the main roster, but it's kind of a coin flip for me as to if Naomi or Shotzi would have been the one qualifying for for Elimination Chamber originally. But yeah, good question. I would, I think, I would have probably put it on Naomi uh, if Shotzi was in the match. I just have a feeling that she's like a touch. Like Naomi's one of those wrestlers that I think is a touch more over than I give them than I think they are. Like, because Naomi, you have me, I no experience about, with them. Yeah, no experience. And then, like, my first experience with Naomi was at Royal Rumble. And that was huge. Like, she had such a huge ovation when she yeah. walked in at number two. So well, I was She's like, beloved oh, okay. by the fans and the locker room. Um, From what I understand, she's a, a big favorite of everybody. Because uh, I don't have a lot of experience yeah. with her either. I have more than you. But, but um, they do talk a lot about how over she is with everybody everybody yeah and i think she helped i think she also was managing uh jay and jimmy for a bit like behind the scenes i know uh, she's married to jimmy maybe yeah she's married to jimmy but i think she was doing some managing for them or like again helping them with booking right right. something along those lines but i, I that's conjecture as well i just read that on the internet where everything is fact everything is fact um, so yeah, as soon as you see this happen, you know that uh, that Naomi's going to win. There's Naomi's no way they're just going to throw Alba Fire in there. They're, they're barely doing anything Absolutely. with her and in the tag team division where they really should be doing something with them in the tag team division because they're a great team. Um, yeah. And they're advertising this as the last match. You know, they do that thing now where it's like, uh, what's it's like one last match sponsored by Capital One or some bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't and, notice that. And there are 45 minutes left in this show. So you know the bloodline <laughs> is going to fucking... Gin, you know Roman's going to gingerly walk to the ring <laughs> and sit there and absorb yeah. the booze because there's 45 minutes left and this match is going 10 minutes tops. Um, Acknowledge. Yeah. So, I mean, Alba Fire was a weird pick to kind of step in for Shotzi. Uh, I guess just because everyone was is invested in other storylines, that's that was the pick, I assume. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like yeah. you know, how do you pick Alba Fire or or Isla Dawn? How do you choose between the two? What's what's the math there? <laughs> and like, why isn't Isla Dawn out there helping Alba Fire in this match when they are kind of heelish already? So the whole thing was just kind of it was a foregone conclusion walking into it but they executed pretty well for a foregone conclusion it just i think storyline wise and, and writing wise it didn't make too much sense yeah yeah it's just i mean it's one of those things where you got a bunch of people out for injury and it just happens you gotta just book it you just gotta just pull the trigger fuck it, yeah, book pull it the trigger. and so they run through that match real quick and um we Get the official word that Braun Breaker is getting the call up to SmackDown, which is it was a bit unceremonious in the way they did it. Like this it's man, a little weird, yeah. Th- this man is a future world champion, one hundred percent. He is the new Brock Lesnar. 
He is the new Bobby yeah. Lashley. He is the new big guy. And he is like 23 and he can fucking move for his size. He's so, so young. And, you know, because of his, because of how built he is, I tend to think guys like that are older than they are. But when they did this little ceremony of welcoming Braun to SmackDown, they got a close-up on his face and he smiled. And I was like, that that's a fucking kid right there. That's yeah. a child with giant muscles. Giant muscles that will fuck you up. He's a giant, <laughs> muscly little child, man. He's a giant, muscly. And he's great. Like, I loved him in uh, Royal Rumble. I think that's really the only exposure I've seen of him. And now I'm catching clips of him on NXT with his tag team. And, uh, yeah, the dude the dude can go. So I'm excited to see him on SmackDown. But, yeah, the segment was weird. you think they would have him come in and, like, start shit with somebody or have somebody start shit with him, like, build up something. Yeah, it was a little. It was a little strange, but we'll see what they have in store for him leading up uh, in these next few these next few months leading up. Maybe to there's not Mania. much they can do. Yeah, that's maybe there's not much left to do with, with him right now because most so of the major people or... are, are are tied up right now too, right? Like anyone that until is a EC credible threat. EC might shake things up a little bit, so we might be able to see a little bit of a storyline shake up and get Braun in there mixing it up with somebody. Maybe Randy, Randy Orton. Yeah, don't hate it. I don't you know, think Randy will put him over there. right now, but there there are options. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. But uh, finally, it's time Lashley's to. Still uh, heel. Lashley is kind of stuck. They tried to turn him heel, yeah. and then no one wanted to do it. No one wanted to buy it. So then they brought Final Testament in, and like we were saying the other week, there's really nowhere for that to go. You can't have Final Testament beat Lashley, yeah, because there's fucking Montez Ford in there too. Both of them are too hot. And have too many plans for them. and But you're Final Testament down, needs a big win. You're going down this rabbit hole again. Anyways. Um, let's just move <laughs> on to the bloodline. The drama of the bloodline. The bloodline show. So let's here comes it. Roman. This is the big one. He takes 25 minutes to come to the ring. <laughs> um, they really, really. Like, <laughs> hey, WWE. I've seen the download numbers. I've seen how many people are downloading in Stamford, Connecticut. Two I know million you're times. listening to me right now. You have to get rid of the AR Roman. You have to get rid of him. <laughs> it is so fucking stupid and unserious. And it's just so bad. It's so bad. Like I make fun of the Randy snake. Yeah, it's going to get your yeah, snake. <laughs> and I make fun of some of the other ones, but that AR Roman is so bad. And like he doesn't even like do that thing anymore. He doesn't even do like the the, the rah anymore. Like he kinda does every once in a while. Why isn't it just it. him holding up a finger? That AR ghostly fucking Roman that's like eight years old now. It just looks so bad. I think it's a lot I think this is what it is, all right? They're waiting for the technology to catch up. They're waiting for AI to catch up. And then Roman Reigns, when he comes back from his little break, he's going to fight AR Roman Reigns for the AI International Championship. They're both going to jump and Superman here. punch and then connect like a fucking anime. And then I'm not joking. Like, I, I, I'm not kidding here. I do hope that we get the AR Roman Reigns as a skin in 2K24. I'm just throwing that out there. But if just you throw awful low res 
polygon, <laughs> shiny looking, weird ass. Oh man, that would be amazing. Put that into 2K24, and I'm look. I'm just throwing some ideas out here because we like Tyler said. We know you're listening. I will pay like ten bucks for it. Yeah, make a DLC. Think about I'll it. pay for it. Fuck it. I'll pay for it. Yeah, absolutely. I'll pay for it. All right. Okay. All right. So yeah, he takes 25 fucking minutes to get to the ring, uh, and then he says his acknowledge me, and they get right into they get right into it pretty quickly because they're because even Roman's like, okay, we all know why you guys are here. You want to see the rock. All right. Let's Yeah, and he sets up to he he sets that crowd up to boo the rock. And that limited amount of time, he cuts yeah. a little bit of a promo there to prep the crowd to boo him. Before we get into the crowd because I do want to talk about the crowd and how they react with the rock cuz there's something to unpack there. There's like a there's a weird psychology thing going on here. But before we get into that, we have The Rock come out, and The Rock is wearing, clearly, is uh, is some perp- like very purposeful, chosen, purposefully chosen shirt with a design it. On is it is classic Rock heel attire. It's classic Rock heel It is attire. Nation of Domination era Rock. <laughs> he probably... He probably wore it on like a raw in 1998. None of us have realized it yet. I I don't know. I think he got it from Dan Flashes. I'm stealing that joke, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I actually thought that when it was happening. I'm like, wow, look at that complicated pattern. That, the complicated pattern alone makes that so expensive. I got, I'm keep stealing from this meme. I sent Tyler a meme that was basically the Dan making Dan Flashes joke. And if you don't know what Dan Flashes are. Or Dan Flashes is. Then I think you should leave. Then I think you should leave. <laughs> but I'm bomb. <laughs> That's right, baby. Um, so looking at this shirt, all right, for the last two months, we've had this type of rock that we've been getting. And rock, this particular rock that we've been getting has been wearing black. Black attire pretty much everywhere he's gone. Maybe something, maybe like a dark gray, but a pretty dark black with a Brahma bowl on it. That whole shit. This shirt is such a decision that The Rock is making because it is. It's so. It's, it's so, so good. It's it's <laughs> such a it's such a clear like I need to make me, myself a heel to make this work. Now this what this does is it, that it makes me it makes me believe it's a pivot. It's a pivot. Thank you. It's a pivot. Thank it's you. It's been a pivot the whole fucking time. I wanted to believe. Look, I'm an optimist. I want to think that they, they're playing 4D chess with my heart, with my soul. But no, they just made a dumb booking decision that the world shit on. And we all <laughs> like started screaming at them. <laughs> like, like, yay. Yep. We started screaming at them like, like when you're a kid and somebody breaks your toys. You're like, no, you don't fucking break my toys like that you start screaming at him spitting that's what happened here and we legitimately started screaming at them on the internet and they listened and you know rock did too rock did and too you saw it in this promo rock went okay you want heel rock you're gonna get heel you're rock. gonna get heel rock and he goes so far heel that when he enters the ring and he starts talking now i i do want to preface it in saying that i think everything he does here is great on like the wrestling and like in the big picture moment. 
But I did think that the rock here was really struggling to like, to accept the healness. Like he was doing the heel, like Hollywood rock heel bit. And he was saying the things he called people like he called you, called that guy a bitch. He's, he was going hard, but I felt like there was a touch of apprehension in there because he doesn't like being this guy. He doesn't like being Hollywood rock. Yeah. Like it was, he, he was trying to like, just, just to move it back to when he came out. So his music hits, the crowd pops. Yes. He emerges less of a pop. It's like the crowd gave him his pop because they love him and they haven't seen him in forever. You know, you got to remember every single town that he's in is the first time they've seen him in years live. Yeah. And then so they pop for him and then they give him a slightly less pop when he emerges Mm -hmm. from the back. And then they start booing him right after he shows the goosebumps again. Which was like a little subtle nod to being like, I love this. I can't believe this feeling. Oh, it's so that's cool. what you think that is? It's still me. Wink, wink. Uh, yeah, I think it's him going. I still like. I still feel it. It's it still hits me every time when I when I come out. And then he drops the act. See he, what he, I he, think. I he he I, picks I, up the act. What I think he's doing is he's calling it like he, it's he's showing his bloodline, like he's pointing to his arm and skin and like it's it's about blood that's what i think he's oh, doing no 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 because he does no, that he's again like, at he's the press clearly goosebumped he, he caught he does that again at the press conference where like wait after the spat with cody where he slaps him and everything goes to shit he's like walking around and then he's like rubbing his left arm and then like slapping it like he's just like he's so he's so like connected to family you know he's just so in there oh yeah, I, I saw that at the press conference, but if you if you watch that back, he's pointing at his goosebumps, which is a thing that he talked about when he came out in early January, I believe, or late December, maybe early December. One one of those times when he came out when when they were in Colorado and he was Oh, maybe that was even earlier. Anyways, yeah, you know, he was pointing at his goosebumps. Okay, and I, I, right. I think that was him going. I still feel it. It's still wild. Every time I walk out here, I, I feel it. Like it's so different being in front of a wrestling crowd. But then by the time you know he does the walk to the ring, and it's a much more heelish walk. He's not dapping anyone up. He's not looking at anybody. No selfies. And then he gets into the ring and goes straight into old school heel rock. And kudos to the crowd. They're not cheering for him. They're 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 buying in. They're booing him. They know their job in this instance. Yeah, you know, because I don't think anyone is really mad at The Rock for what happened. Well, with Cody, this is what because I... they pivoted so quickly. I think they're like, oh, okay. He thought it would be cool. It's not. He gets that they're pivoting. Our job is to now boo him. We're not mad at you. You just thought it would be a good idea, and it wasn't. You know, I but I, now you're going to be a heel, and we're going to give it to you. I I feel like it was, you know, I don't know if I got the full bull, boo effect. Now, granted, when I watched this, I was in a room full of people, so my experience right. was like a little la- like louder than others. I guess I didn't, I couldn't really hear the crowd as well. But I thought the crowd was definitely giving like confused fifty fifty. Do we boo this or cheer this? 
sort of vibe. I think it was less confusion and more like 50% of the crowd knew they were supposed to boo and the other 50% were like, it's The Rock, yay! Gotcha. Like it okay. was more of it was more of that. I mean, it's Salt Lake I think City. everyone wants like to cheer to the Rock. Middle of nowhere city or anything like that. Yeah. No, like everyone wants to cheer him. We all love him. Well, fundamentally, I don't know. Speak for yourself. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but you know, as wrestling fans, I think most people want to cheer for this iconic person, and they were really pissed about what happened with Cody. But at the end of the day, they dealt with it as gracefully and as quickly as they could. And switched switched it out switched and out. did a pivot and did it very convincingly. And the fucking press conference was awesome. It was awesome, yeah. And I think everyone understands that, you know, they fucked up, but they quickly are adjusting for it. And everyone does want to cheer for him. Like, even when he was doing his heel shit on the city of Salt Lake City, it was very classic rock. Yeah. And I don't know how much you know about that era or remember about that era, but... You know, Rock Rock debuted as Rocky Maivia, his dad's name and his grandfather's last name. Yep, and he was a baby um, face that couldn't get over for shit and at all. Yeah, yeah. And, and they booed the fuck out of him, and they said they chanted "Die Rocky, die." Yep. And Rocky sucks. And then he joined the Nation of Domination, took a pivot, and very slowly started being that rock character, that boisterous, bombastic promo cutting heel who eventually started getting over because he was just so fucking funny on the mic. Just so good. And he, and he was so good back then. And yeah, yeah. And we just haven't seen that rock in a long time. And, and that's kind of what we got here. And, you know, honestly, I felt like he wasn't, it, it wasn't, it wasn't great. It was but fine. It was pretty good for a character that he hasn't played in a long time. Yeah. I thought it was, the writing was pretty solid. Yeah, I think he he did the right spots like when working with the crowd, like like fucking with them when he's like doing can you smell and the crowd's doing it with him. He's like, "No, no, no. That same time with the sing, sing along time with the rock is over." I like that. Those little touches, he nailed those. But as far as the fluidity of how he spoke went, it could have used a little bit more yeah. practice. And that's just going to happen when you're not doing that. You're not improvising every night for a year right uh just exactly just talking and to people yeah it, it, it kind of landed a little flat at the end yeah um it was a little boring a little long and i really found it funny that the last shot <laughs> rock didn't know how to do the one for the bloodline <laughs> yeah, and the L, just this thumb sticking out <laughs> he had his thumb out and i'm like even solo's thumb is tucked in and that man's thumb is taped and he loves his thumb his thumb is his best friend <laughs> And even his thumb is tucked away. And The Rock is just sitting there with that one in the thumb. I just had a great idea. All right. Theory. What if the thumb was actually the being that was talking on Twitter back in 2013? It wasn't Solo. It was the thumb (laughs) on Twitter sending messages out. And that's why he deleted it. The thumb fears math. The thumb fears math. Cody's kryptonite is the thumb. The thumb kryptonite is math. We got to throw some algebra at this bitch. So great. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So do you have uh, do you have anything else on this promo before we we move on? I think we covered everything. I mean, like the important piece here is that the rocks clothing convinced me that it was a pivot, and that is uh, 
That's a highlight. I'm glad right you there. finally caught up. That's a highlight. I really like honestly, God, man. I I really believed. I really believed. I wanted to believe. I wanted to believe so much. I know you did because I I like to be I like to be fooled. But you know, this is the real world, and dreams don't come true. <laughs> How much do you think that shirt's worth? I, How much do you think that shirt that he was wearing? Whatever is it's cost, it's not enough. <laughs> the patterns like, alone. Like it's got to be at least. The patterns alone. It's got to be at least a thousand dollars. It's got to be. And you mix in the rock wearing it, and then you throw it in during. Oh. You add in like the fact that it's the shirt that he wore when he turned back heel for for this thing. I'm, I mean, like, look, it, whatever dollar amount is on it, it's not enough. All right, we're gonna get our copy when we go to Dan Flash's. Look that up. <laughs> The funniest part about it is, honestly, you could throw that on Ricky from Trailer Park and Boys, and it would be fully in character. <laughs> like you wouldn't even track that it was, Smokes, a, and you wouldn't go. think it's a thousand dollar shirt. You'd be like, "Oh, look at that twenty dollars shirt he got from Randy River." <laughs> yeah. like, like it's just like he like oh wipes God, mustard on it and shit. <laughs> it would blend right in. That's what's good about complicated patterns. That's the thing; they don't show stains. The lines cross so many times. It's for your benefit. All right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was everything. all right. Well, uh, yeah, let's move into raw. Let's move into raw. We're uh, we're clocking in just over an hour here, so I think we're at a good pace. We got to we got to speed things along. All right, so we're getting we're getting close. Raw, we kick off. No promo, no nothing. Barely even Michael Cole or Pat McAfee on the mic uh, with Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre just just giving her, just getting in there and let's giving fucking her. go. Let's go. What a match. Great stuff. What like great this great match? Stuff. Okay, this was what I was hoping for last week. Last week with Raw and SmackDown, I was a little disappointed, and it 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 it, it scared me a little bit. Honestly, Tyler, it scared me a little bit because if we I was that they might be losing it. They might be losing it. Like oh shit, we built all these great faces, and now we got this whole bloodline thing that's going on. But maybe the pivot was too much. Maybe it wasn't enough. It just felt like something was missing here. And then they came back this week with just just a banger of an episode. Just a banger of an episode. Just just this match, this match in particular. Fucking So great. they start off with like a bit of big boy back and forth. Rhodes is kind of playing the smaller guy because obviously Drew is like 6'8 and 400 pounds. You got to. You got to. That just, He's just, working the smaller guy underdog angle. Great wrestling storytelling. And then he starts... Oh, incredible. He starts working on the leg to kind of neutralize the claymore. Cody's making small comebacks just to get his shit kicked in again by Drew. Drew staying on top. Yep. Everything is smooth. The reversals are crisp. It all makes sense. No one's just... fucking getting, like, power bombed and then popping right back up. There's 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 agony. There's there's fatigue. There's There's working on body parts. There's there's spots for them to breathe, and then they come back up and they start working again. The pacing is just incredible. It's just it, two masters just working, you know. Just just it was artists. it was it was a joy to watch. Artists. It was a pay per view main event level match. Like great stuff. You you could put this on any pay per view. You could have put this as the main event of WrestleMania, and I would have been satisfied. Yeah. Except for the ending. But, but, like, the match <laughs> yeah. itself was absolutely incredible. When Cody did the top rope Cody cutter, 
That was just Jesus tap dancing Christ. This was on the opening match of the Raw top in the middle of February. Cody Cutter. Oh, just and it's so smooth how he did it. And I was talking to Kate while I was watching it. My my fiance who doesn't hate wrestling as much. Um, I was talking to her and going like, you know, Cody to me seems like he he comes from the school of like you know Bret Hart, like a little bit more technical in 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 number number of ways and then he pulls out that kind of stuff where it's just like off the top rope crisp and i'm like oh shit this guy this guy's got it kind of all over the place he can do a little bit of everything and really well yeah yeah that's it's hey he's like that rollins is like that yeah um like well they're they're, they're tweeners you know for a big man mcintyre could pull some shit off yeah for for like I, i i i almost like feel bad about how little I want to talk about this match because it, it's just like I, I, I would I'm doing a disservice describing it yeah like what's the point in describing this match go fucking watch just this go watch match it just go watch it and sit and watch it do not be distracted get off your phone just in like one of the best matches on paid TV I, I've seen in the last year or on, on non-paid TV that I've seen in the last year Great stuff. Just incredible. Yeah. Just an absolutely terrific bombshell of a match. It ended kind of shitty, but it also kind of necessitated that ending. And it needed it. I felt like that the ending with Jay coming out, with uh, Solo coming out, it needed that little hint of spice because that was the thing that I felt like it was missing last week with Cody and the Bloodline. Like we had our like promos, but the first promo on mo- on Monday was Cody for uh, like starting the whispers of the Avengers initiative, and then we had Bloodline, you know, Thanos on the other side on Friday night, just doing a little like teaser, really. And I was like, if this is all we're gonna yeah. get, like, just these promos where you know Cody's talking to Sammy and Roman's talking to Rock, like, if that's where we're gonna get, then I'm not gonna be happy. You needed something like this ending just to raise the stakes a little bit, just to go like, just to make Cody that much more of a face. Like you're not safe everywhere. They can show up, man. Yeah. And they they touched on it later when when Rollins kind of talked to him when he was uh, backstage getting looked at, and Pierce was talking to him. Um, Rollins kind of showed like, see, I told you, you need a crew if you want to beat these guys. Yeah. And it also helped establish that they were there for the for the main event match. And, you know, it kind of helped save face for Drew because you can't really have Cody lose to Drew in that match. No, you can't. But at the same time, you don't want to kill Drew's momentum right now. Yes. So, you know, as much as I am so over the bloodline interference, it kind of worked for this. It it was smart. It was a smart play, man. Like, they needed it yeah. to happen. It, if there's a time for a bloodline interference, it's for something like this. Yeah, totally. And Cody selling that claymore too. Cody, Cody, Drew got, has to go buy Cody dinner. <laughs> Cody put Drew over so hard in this match. You know, Cody worked from underneath pretty much the entire match. Yeah. Really put Drew over as a big imposing force. He With backflipped power. on that claymore. Yeah. Like, oh my God, that massive backflip on the Claymore was just so fantastic. Great and then job. I have to say, I think the piece de resistance for me was 
when they were leaving the ring and Jimmy had his hand up Yo, yeah. high five <laughs> Solo. And Solo was just icing him out. <laughs> and they keep <laughs> cutting back great. to him and his hand's still up. And I'm like, this is the best. They play, oh man, I love Jimmy. I love Jimmy when he does that. Solo's just like thinking about his thumb. <laughs> Jimmy's so good as the little shitty, like pissant member of the bloodline. I absolutely so adore he, that that move yeah. with him. The court Especially because like Solo's the new guy, you know? Solo's the the young kid. And Jimmy's doing just such a great job just eating shit on camera week <laughs> after week to move this storyline forward. Like props to him Have you for seen sure. That video online of Jimmy, it was like a smackdown maybe like almost a year ago now. Um Jimmy was in a uh, last match on SmackDown. He, he, I can't remember wh- who with, but he got knocked out and he got pinned. And he stayed in the ring until after everybody was like, they had to roll him up and they had to roll him out of the ring and carry yeah, him out. Yeah, I did see that. Because he was that. selling it the entire <laughs> yeah. time. And I'm like, this is, that's what we're here for, man. That's great stuff. <laughs> Such a team player. Like, I, you, you love to see it, you know? Yeah. You absolutely, you know, I always thought Jay was. I, I that's the thing with Jay and Jimmy, you know, is like like I've, I've said before, I love their promos, I love their looks, I don't really love them in the ring, and they they are very similar in the ring. Yeah, but yeah, it's hard. To- Jimmy's work has always been a little bit less than Jay. Jay's always been kind of the guy they've pushed as main event Jay, so as the next coming, he's always looked a little bit better. He's always worked a little bit harder. Jimmy's always kind of seemed like more of the happy-go-lucky guy to be there. Um, but jokes. Jimmy's character work is incredible. Just incredible. <laughs> Just this... He's kind. Of, he's got kind of like a wacky Joker thing going on with this. And it's just... Like, it's just great. Yeah, he's got a... He, he's got a Jack Nicholson Joker going on, and Seth Rollins has the Heath Ledger Joker going yeah, on. Yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting it. Like, But his Jack Nicholson is still like a... 30 something year old Hawaiian Samoan dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or maybe uh maybe like Caesar Romero even. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, so th- so so absolutely great way to start the mat the start the night. It's like a 30 minute match. It's an absolute fucking banger. It's great. It's um great. I, we we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Telestrator bit. Oh. I guess the first we should touch on um Andrade the Andrade promo was first coming out of the break. I thought it at first I was like, okay, Andrade's in a warehouse. It was fine. What are we doing? The Telestrator bit. But (laughs) I thought I thought the warehouse I thought the warehouse promo was really, really, really well done. I thought it was considerably better than the last Andrade promo. Yeah. And I really hope that they're going somewhere with this because I do really respect him as a wrestler and a worker. So yeah, let's get to the Telestrator bit. Let's get to the Telestrator (laughs) bit. Because I don't know, like I went and looked it up because uh I, I had to know if they've done this before, and they have done it before, but when Pat McAfee was only like a guest uh, commentator at the announce desk every right. once in a while, not every time, but now with Pat McAfee kind of on, on the announce desk more or less full time, I think they're going to start bringing this in a little bit more, and this first Telestrator <laughs> bit is so good. Like They had a, every beat of these jokes just ready to go. They had... They had a moment where they had Solo Sokoa pulling Cody's head back to give him the thumb. They had the triangle eyes <laughs> focusing on. He's got his <laughs> you eyes. See, you can see Solo's looking right here. Right into his neck. He's trying to finish that story. And what do we got over here? Circles the thumb. We got a thumb 
going to be jamming right into that <laughs> neck. The best line in that whole bit was when they circled Drew McIntyre's eyes. He's like, look into those eyes. What do you see in there, Cole? A hypocrite. <laughs> Cole just scribbles it out. <laughs> hypocrite. Hypocrite. Uh, oh. Okay. So let's move on to the Royal Rumble. So it's a random battle royal, or not Royal Rumble, a battle royale. It's a random battle royale to determine the uh, the last member of the Elimination Chamber. And as soon as Raquel Rodriguez makes a surprise entrance, you know it's over. Yeah. You know where we're going Yeah, here. we knew it was kind of going on. There's nobody else in that There's ring. really, yeah, like, there's really not much to say about this. Like, the, like a battle royal is, 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 is pretty typical for a battle royal. It's a bunch of chaos, a bunch of people in the corners waiting for their spots. Everyone got some moves in. Everyone got a little spot in. The only um, thing. I, I enjoyed. That I think, the only, yeah, go ahead. The only person that I think could have taking it uh, other than Raquel was Zelina, but Zelina was knocked out really early. I, I thought it was su- surprisingly early for how over Zelina was. It was like maybe halfway through, yeah. maybe just before halfway through. I, I could see like heading into it. I thought Stark stood a chance, but they're, you know, she's doing stuff with Baszler right now as a team. And I, I did enjoy their entire run. I, I really like it because it's so rare where a tag team and a battle royale or a Royal Rumble truly, truly unites and truly cleans house. Like, you'll see little spots of it in the Royal Rumble, which is, you know, obviously the biggest battle royale of the year. Right. But it's not a t- traditional battle royale where they're all sitting in the ring to start. Um, but I enjoyed that they were effective. They didn't turn on each other. They stayed focused. They saved each other a couple times. Yep. They eliminated a bunch of people. And I thought that was good to just have a straightforward, yeah, like if you had a tag team with two monsters like that in with a bunch of also rands, they would clean house. Yeah. And they did, and I liked that. Yeah, that that, that was good. Uh, I felt bad for Maxine Dupree getting first out, but uh, not terribly. She's also shit at wrestling. She's not great. <laughs> like, I you saw... know, it's fine. I like her. But she's shit at wrestling. I saw she's not good a, at it. I saw a video of her, and uh, she had like a uh, dark match with Nia Jax, and uh, Nia Jax did her big sit on sit on you. Oh this no! This is what I do. I sit on you, sit on you. Uh, finisher on her, and Maxine did not sell it at all. She just laid there stiff as stiff as a board. Did not move. Oof. It was a little, it was a little rough. Sorry, Maxine, but. Uh, you could not pay me to watch a Maxine Dupree Nia Jax match. That just sounds like fucking <laughs> the worst thing for me to ever watch. Two people I, like I do, just do not maybe, respect in the ring at all. Maybe maybe not maybe not so much in the ring, but like look, I'm a big Alpha Academy fan. So Alpha Academy fan. No, I, yeah, don't get me wrong. I like her as a valet, as a manager, absolutely. Um and I even liked when they were like, you know, doing the shit where like she was training to fight, and she got a win over Chelsea Green. And, you know, like, because Chelsea Green's a little shit heel too. So that, like, was fun, and it made sense, and it's fine. But, you know, she's just really bad in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep moving. But yeah, Chelsea Green had the coward spot, and that was it. Raquel wins. She's in the, the elimination chamber. And then we move on to, uh, you know, Jay cuts a promo, and he is just completely unhinged what, at this point. What was he saying? Like, I literally watched this, like, not even two hours ago, and was he just barking? I can't remember. Yeah, like, I mean, he cuts promos like he throws those sloppy rock slap punches, <laughs> you know, where there's just too many movements, and then he hits. That's his promos at this point. 
he's just fucking going nuts. He's just really leaning into the 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 yeets and the up and the, the hand movements and everything. Everything is just so exaggerated and over the top. This is absolutely wild. Uh, then we get Rhea and Nia backstage interview in separate rooms, which was weird. Do you think Rhea's already in uh, in Australia? Is that what happened there? I'd be surprised because you think that she would she would fly out with the rest of the crew, but she could be she could be out in Australia right now and just like spend some time with family. Because she also didn't come out with Judgment Day. No, she did not come out with Judgment Day. Nor was she in the back with them when they showed them in the back preparing for the match. Exactly. So I have to think, and I think she might already be out there, and they were just pretending like she was also in the back. I don't think they even pretended. They were just saying that, like, we have a a live stream interview with Rhea and Nia Jackson. I, I, I think, think they didn't I, even, really. I thought they delivered it as we have these people backstage in separate rooms. I could, be, I could wrong. be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm not sure, but uh, I got the sense. Uh, maybe it was just because like Rhea's background was dark and uh, Nia Jax's background was a little bit lighter. I got the sense that it was at two different time zones, but it's also Rhea Ripley. So you obviously have a dark background behind her. So I might have been reading a little yeah. too much into it. So, yeah, I she could be down there. But it was it was, it was interesting. You know, Rhea delivered a face promo here, um, which makes sense because she's going to be completely fucking over. She's already over yeah. at every possible turn. Mm-hmm. But she's going to be super over in Perth, especially against uh, Nia. Um, but, God, she Nia Jax, it's like she's reading off of cue cards. It's not great. It's like, not great. She's just so bad. She's so bad. I, I hate hampering on this every week, but it just drives me crazy. She's just very, she's very bad at this job. <laughs> she cannot talk. She cannot wrestle. She has the look, I suppose. She has like, that's the thing. I feel bad for Piper Nevin. This bitch is so good at wrestling and she's got the same look and she can cut a promo and she can wrestle. And they're not pushing her they're, at all. The, why wouldn't I just don't understand why you wouldn't just use her instead of Nia Jax, who's so bad? I have no idea. <sighs> I have no idea. Um, maybe maybe writers see something there, but I'm not. Whatever they're seeing, I'm not seeing really. It cannot. It, she cannot leave WWE soon enough for me. Um, okay, then we then we say hi to the people at Netflix, which was very weird. Say hi to the people. Very at weird to be like. Let's say hi to these corporate executives who are sitting behind us, dressed in black. That was very strange. I did not see this part. I must have tuned out. Oh, it was very weird. It was McAfee and Cole were like, you know, we, you know, we earlier in the year we talked about how we're going to Netflix and we're happy to welcome the fine people of Netflix because they're in Anaheim, so they're in the LA area, of course. And they're like, and there was just like eight people of various races and ages who were just like executives for Netflix who were just like hanging out and they were like, we, yeah, Netflix. Woo. Oh, it wow. was very, very, very weird. Um, but thankfully that was quick and, and out of the way. Yikes. That's, and terrible. then they cut to truth line with Jackie Redman and they're doing a bit like it's 60 minutes oh. or W five. And instantly Listen. you have my undivided attention. Listen. Where are we going this with this? This is so good. I'm so excited. This is so good. <laughs> Jackie, Jackie Redman, too. Props to her because we 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 love truth. We talked about it this episode. We talk about it every week. 
Jackie Redman plays the part absolutely perfect Perfectly. here as the investigative journalist interviewing truth and trying to get to the bottom of the real story. Oh, so good. So good. I Everything about this. Like, th- when I was watching this part last night, I got up. To, I, I, had, I had to split into two nights. I got up to the R-Truth match. But when I was watching this last night, as soon as it came on, I was do I was literally planning my wedding guest list, and everything had to stop because our truth was on. <laughs> yeah, you, I needed so good. I and, you know, <laughs> we could break down every single thing he said in this because it was all gold. But I just want to highlight my personal favorite was when he said, "This must be how genuine felt when he wrote Pony." <laughs> yeah. I, 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 uh, like I, I. My head exploded because it was one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. For, for those of our listeners who don't know the song Pony by Genuine, I encourage you to listen to it right now. It is just a song about fucking. <laughs> like, it is just a greasy ass, dirty song from the 90s, oh, a, like R&B song about just great. straight fucking. It, it makes no stuff. sense when he said that. If- and you see Jackie Redman break. But they cut, they cut like perfect. He says it, and they like you see her face, and she's just about to start laughing, and then they cut to another scene because she probably was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" He throws in another zinger like that, like talking about this must be the way John Cena felt. It, it was a special moment, like when John Cena put on his first pair of jean shorts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the thing is we could go over every aspect of this promo because it was just so the whole thing, the production of it, the value, the the truth. Also, the Nick Mysterio, like like he's like, we got to get Judgment Day to allow Nick Mysterio to have Facebook. I can't find him. Free Nick. (laughs) So good. Oh, okay. Let's let's move on because again, we could just we could just play the segment and just fucking talk. Go over watch it. the segment. So good. I it love it. So funny. And then it cuts right to the match. And <laughs> truth is, no. First, it cuts. First, it cuts to that UFC guy delivering a promo, which was just weird. Was and I hope this awful. is not a regular thing. That was awful. I don't want this to be. I don't want corporate synergy between UFC and WWE. No, thank you. Keep it I, away from I, I, I don't want that at all. Uh, yeah, then we Keep go to the match. Our truth is the first to come in, and he's still wearing the rain poncho. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is he wearing the poncho? His hairstyle is different too, I think, but he's still wearing the poncho. It's like he just came in. Oh, it's just so oh, funny. God, it's so good. Every bit. The match is what it is. You know, like it's an eight-man tag, four on four. There's people flying around everywhere. I thought it was great. Disqualifications should have been handed down. No, it's fine. But the, the thing about these matches are it's just there's nothing to really be gleaned from them, you know? Um, there's going to be big spots. There's going to be high flying. There's going to be interference. There's going to be tag breakups and pin breakups. And it, it, it was what it was. It was well executed for what it was. I think the 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 huge pop when they tag Truth in was great. Great stuff. You know, everyone's behind this. Uh, and God, he can fucking go. He can go. He really brought it here. He really, really brought it in this match. And uh, a lot of those, like, even when he was doing other finishers that don't require that twisting movement that he does in the air, like the scissor kick, he would land the scissor kick and then do that twist in the air. And I was like, you don't need to do that. But he's yeah. adding those little flourishes or even a drop kick and then he does the twist or just like, 
those little flourishes that he was doing, he brought it in this in this match, man. He really, really did. And then uh, they leaned into, of this course. This man is like 55 years old. I know. I know. I know. It's insane. He is me. like the Rock's age. And he's crushing. He's crushing right now. It's like he's had a new rebirth, right? He's been in this company for 20 fucking years. And he's yep. he's he's still doing this. Like, he's still great. Like, he's always been, ah, I can go on it. I can absolutely love him. I can go on forever. Uh, but yeah, it was the match is what it was. You know, Truth had to eat the pin. It, it just makes sense. You, you can't really have him win in this situation. Uh, day, judgment. You know, you have to remember that Judgment Day is a very serious group of wrestlers with a lot of build up behind them already. So you, you can't have Truth beat Priest. He's miss. He's got the money in the bank. He's the tag team champion. You really can't have that happen without some sort of outside interference or, you know, it's just, it doesn't make sense. Um, even though we all want it. <laughs> I know. Uh, I just, one thing I wanted to say is that that's South of Heaven. I, I, I don't know how long Priest has been doing that move because I didn't really follow him during the end. I do know Priest is a lot older than yeah, you would think. He's like 45. For not being 40, in. Maybe, maybe early 40s. He's, he's like 40. Yeah. yeah. He's like right around 40. But that's south of heaven, man. Must like that's gonna fuck his back up when he's older. Yeah, yeah, I can see that doing that. Because he just goes full butt, full spine, right to the ground, every right to the mat every time. Like that must just be hell on his back. Well, I mean, <clears throat> those are the prices you pay, man, for entertainment. That's true. For entertainment. Uh, can we move on to the uh, elimination chamber women's promo, uh, or do you have anything else you want to talk about with the eight man? One one thing, uh, one thing I want to just mention about the eight man is that they still leaned into the DX bit with DIY. They even did a <laughs> a little. Yeah, they did a suck they, it. They did a suck <laughs> it, and then just before commercial break, you had our truth leaning over the rope, going, "That's right, I got DX with me." <laughs> <laughs> so good really great really really great just like can't um, get enough of truth like i said blanket statement for end the time put our truth in everything always put put him put him in a twilight costume throw him into star wars boom you got yourself a sidekick for boba fett I, uh, yeah i don't give a shit put him in movies like he's the one who should have who should be like roman you stay truth <laughs> you're going to hollywood <laughs> Um, did you end up watching this uh, this this promo for the Elimination Chamber for the women? No, I did not. Be- for two reasons: one, you told me not to. Two, um, it made it didn't make sense for where it was placed. Like I know maybe you need Raquel to have like a bit of a break, but I feel like if you're going to cut this promo, do it right after the Battle Royale, while you still have my attention of the fact that Raquel just won. Yeah, I, I feel it. I'll, I'll give you a quick run da- rundown here. So uh, Becky comes out to cut the promo. She's got a new hat, like Malibu Stacy, and she even acknowledges the new hat. She asks for approval for the new hat. I actually kind of encourage you to watch that because that was really fucking weird. It was right at the She's beginning. She's had of the, weird of the moments promo. lately in these promos. Like I don't know if the crowd is just not into it or something. Something feels. I think Awkward. she's just having fun out there. Okay. <laughs> she's just like, fuck it. I got to talk about my new hat. Sure. Why not? So she starts cutting a promo on all the competitors in Elimination Chamber. Then Liv Morgan interrupts her and gives a really awkward promo and shows why she's straight up B tier. <laughs> then Raquel interrupts Liv and comes out and says, no, 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 I'm the best. Then Naomi interrupts Raquel and says, no, 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 I am the one who is good. Nene. Then Tiffany inter- interrupts her and says, Nene. no, I'm Tiffany. Nene, good madam, I am the most important person in this match. 
Uh, crowd really popped for Tiffany, which it was good to see for me. And now Tiffany's talking, and in my head, I'm going, Bianca in three, two, two. <laughs> one. And then Bianca comes out, and she goes, no, no, Mrs. All of you women are quite good competitors, but no, it is I who will win the Elimination Chamber. And I did see this last And week. then they all start fighting. And then they all start fighting, and then I guess Nia Jax is there? Okay. And that it was great for me. You know how much I love yeah, that. Yeah, you were you were all in there. All we needed is some uh, certain tag team that loves to dance. Oh, man, I'm so excited to watch them dance. <laughs> Naomi's cutting into their territory. Oh, no. Because Naomi loves to dance. Naomi does love to dance. And she's got the uh, EDM thing going on, too. Yeah. So she... I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit worried for uh, Carter and Chance, Maybe the dance Maybe uh, neon hair. That's the trick. Spell your name out neon in your hair. Yeah. That could that could be it. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's next. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I just hope Rhea fucking I, I hope it's not even a competitive match. You just want her to the fucking elimination chamber. He wants a fight. I hope it's a squash match. <laughs> I want Rhea to just demolish her in 30 seconds and have everyone be sad. <laughs> but I'll be happy. The entire crowd will hate it and I'll be like cheering. Um, okay, let's move on to Gable Ivar. Yeah, um, I want to keep this. First off, I just want to say yeah, go ahead. I just want to keep this one a little bit shorter. Uh, I mean, like, nothing's too crazy about this match, but what were you noticing? Well, it was just, it was strange to me that, like, you know, they've had better matches, number one. That was the, that was the big thing Gable for me. As, uh, like I was mentioning earlier with the with the weird botches of uh, recent, that I've been seeing recently, the other example was clearly this one because we've seen them go – uh, not even that long ago, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and when they when they turn on the gas, like they fucking they go. Uh, but this one felt a little tame to what we were we were seeing, a little bit more hesitant and not quite as confident. Maybe they weren't expecting to be wrestling each other this this particular week. Maybe they didn't have time to really like talk about stuff. Well, you know, they've been they've been building this up, right? Like, you know, after the Gunther Gable stuff, they kind of brought in the Viking Raiders or more specifically Ivar. Cause I'm pretty sure mm. the other one got hurt pretty quickly yeah. or maybe was already hurt at that point. And then you kind of, they, they, they did a little bit of that. Then they reset it. And then Ivar was running through all of alpha Academy. You know, he, he beat Tazawa, then he beat Otis and now he's up against Gable. So I think they're just kind of having, both teams in a in a holding pattern right now. Yeah. Until uh, the other Viking Raider comes back, and, and and until they have something better to do with Gable, probably in the run up to Mania. Um, but it was a bit. It was a bit. It was quicker than I thought. I think they might have been short for time and wanted to keep time for Jay Gunther because uh, it was a bit of a squash match for Gable. Honestly, it was. Like, I was surprised how quickly for a, for a big guy it moved. But yeah, I think it was only one commercial break between. Yeah, and I, I'm I just my, my my hope is that this this is over with them and they're gonna start building Gable to something bigger um in in the near future because uh yeah it's just like how many more times can they beat these also rants? Yeah, yeah. And now Ivar's lost to Gable, so what is it really where do we really go with the Alpha Academy? I have an Ivar idea at this point. I have an idea for for Gable, and this is not even my idea. I'm pretty sure that I might have read this on Reddit somewhere, but Every once in a while, Gable does a Dennis, like he does a line from Dennis uh, in from it's sunny, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. He does Dennis line, like idiots. <laughs> Fuck, he's, uh, he's yes, I know what you're talking yeah, he about. Goes like, yep. Idiots, savages, idiots. What if <laughs> we take 
that just a little step further and we make Chad Gable like a like a psychopath. Think about it. I kind of I kind of like it. Think about it. I mean, it. I don't hate it. I think we got to we got to work up to it, all right? We need a little bit of writing, a little sousong, all right? But it's I think it's there. I think it's there. He could we can get Gable to turn heel. Have Otis Gable WrestleMania 42. I wonder what will yeah, like I wonder what will be the breakup of Alpha Academy, which direction they'll go. Because I don't know how long you have been watching in regards to Alpha Academy, but Alpha Academy was kind of a heel group for a bit. Because Gable was a heel, and then he kind of like seduced Otis into the group. And then Maxine, after they broke up the Maximum Male Models or whatever with him and her and, uh, and, and L.A. Knight, she was trying to like seduce Otis and get him out of Alpha Academy but then they all started kind of getting along and then people started buying into it and then they became just like straight up faces. Oh. So and this this was all about like 7 or 8 months ago, maybe a little bit longer or maybe a little bit shorter. But yeah, that's kind of the 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 you know broad strokes path that that whole thing went on. Okay. So I I'm interested to see how they're going to break up that Team. Maybe they don't break up. I don't know who would turn heel. Maybe you don't break hmm. them up and you take everybody heel. You know, you have maybe, or maybe you do the uh, you do the draft split, you where you get one of them drafted to Raw and one of them drafted to SmackDown. Then you don't have to do the awkward breakup. Nah, that's true. You can do that as well. But yeah, overall, I thought it was a little bit weird. Uh, not weird, but like it was shorter, stiffer match than we've seen from Ivar and Gable before. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was all, it was what it was. It was, it was fine. And then I, I just wanted to point out that we got, we got a UFC fighter cutting a promo. You got that? They showed a boxer on ringside. Yep, yeah, that kid. A bull rider, like a sixteen-year-old bull rider. That was weird. And they also announced a Jelly Roll album or a tour or something. What the fuck is happening in this episode with the synergy, the corporate synergy? Look, there's a lot of product, and it needs marketing. All right, you have a live television show. We need to sell some shit. I got a lot of I, look. Somebody bought a lot of <laughs> Jelly Roll albums, and they need them moved. Huck them on raw. <laughs> we got to get rid of these things. <laughs> oh no, we, we 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 printed we printed the same amount we printed in two thousand and five for a physical release. We're fucked. Oh, we have to advertise shit. these immediately. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's keep it going here. Uh, so yeah, main event time. We got Jay. Uso versus the Herring Haraha Gunther. Herring Um. So this solid. match, you know, you know what? I'm gonna go and Gunther say solid, solid. Not is a solid match. Not as good as the first match. First match, fucking stole. Definitely the show, not. But uh, absolutely strong. I solid. Gunther got off to a quick start, you know, and he was smashing Jay into the first break. It was a bit choppy here and there once Jay started making the comeback, but, you know, still not terrible. Yeah. I liked how um, I liked how Jay took those chops. Like, it just, it was a lot. You could see how he was bleeding a little bit. Like, that's good stuff. If you're, yeah. you're going to be facing Gunther, you want to be taking those things. Like, that's right of passage in the Intercontinental Championship realm, right? Like, Gunther just didn't really... You know, when you, I I feel like Jay wasn't very 
conducive to Gunther trying to wrestle him. And Jay kind of didn't really give Gunther everything he could. Again, like uh, to be fair, I'm biased. I'm 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 a little low on Jay's in in ring work, and I'm very high on Gunther's. But I thought Gunther was trying to push him into a different direction, and Jay really wasn't picking up on the signs and just wanted to do Jay things. Yeah. Um. Until it, later you know, in the match, I think later in the match, Gunther gave it to Jay a little bit more to to let him do these more wild Jay things, like the. Like the five spears that he did, like the twenty fucking USO splashes, yeah. all, like all the craziness. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, you're right. I think right at the beginning there was probably some back and forth on who was going to be running this this shit, and then I think Gunther just had to let Jay let Jay kind of take it, but they needed something to happen so that Jay didn't win the Intercontinental Championship because we all know that Jay can't win. Intercontinental Championship. Like, Gunther's taking this to me. Well, yeah, you know, I, I expressed a lot of trepidation about this match last week when it was announced because it didn't make any sense to me, right? Like, why... Jay, Jay can't beat Gunther. It's not the right time. It's a random raw in February. And it also doesn't really do anything for the belt or for Jay, really, to beat Gunther. It doesn't do anything for Gunther to lose to Jay. It, doesn't, it didn't really do anything for anyone. I now kind of understand it a little bit more. With Solo and Jimmy stealing the title, another title away from Jay. Yeah. So it made a little bit more sense. Um, it made, you know, made it not a terrible reason to have the match. Uh, I think we might be headed for Jay Jimmy at Mania. I would love Jay Jimmy at Mania. This, that, this would be one of those endgame moments that I'm looking for. Because, you know, again, you have to kind of occupy Jay. Because he's, so, he's and... so over. Like, he's so over. You have to have him doing something. Regardless if it makes sense or not, I, but adding Jimmy into the mix here, yeah, I think you're right. It makes it start. It makes other things make sense. Yeah, they're they're overdue for the J Jimmy match because they kind of you know they split them up onto two different brands to kind of give us some time to stay away from it. Um, so you know I think we might be leading to that. You know, it doesn't really make sense for Jay to win the Intercontinental. It doesn't really make sense for him to beat Logan right now. I mean, they're not even on the same brand. He's not good enough for the right person to dethrone Rollins, and he was never the right person to dethrone Reigns. So I think that's probably where we're headed. Um, and I was just thinking, because it's been a while since we've really been confronted directly with the idea of a possible Jimmy J matchup, and I, I really do truly think that is what they're setting up with these actions. But uh, remember, remember in August when, like, Jimmy wanted to leave the bloodline? <laughs> and so they like jumped him, and then Jay quit the bloodline. Uh, Tyler, Tyler, and then left, Tyler, and then Jimmy came up. back. And Tyler, shut up. <laughs> that was wild. That was some of the stupidest shit that that was on all year. I just wanted to point that out again because I think we've kind of forgotten that. I think that's the um, whole point of that. We are supposed to forget about that. Jay and Jimmy have never God, been in a I mean, team I hope together. So. Jay's never been in bloodline. What are you talking about? <laughs> They never dressed up in tribal war paint. He never and dressed fought up. Fought the road dog and Billy Gunn. That never happened. I watched that match and I swear I had a dream that was exactly this match and I've never seen this match before in my life. Weird. It was yeah. Imagine my headspace. Haunting. Watch that at work and people were like, "Why are your eyes um, so wide, Will?" Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I wanted to point out too was um uh interesting interesting dichotomy here. 
end of the first match, Drew gets the interference win and stands over Cody, gets his hand raised, and looks smug as shit. Gunther, not happy about the interference. Not happy at all. Ooh. He did not want his hand raised. He was pissed. Yep. He knew that he was beat. And he is probably the definition of, like, the honorable heel. So, just a thing to watch out for. It's probably nothing, but just a nice little touch of character work there by by Gunther. I wonder. I wonder where this will go. Maybe this will be... Maybe maybe Gunther joins Team team Cody at Endgame. I mean, I think there is a possibility where we see an endgame scenario where everyone comes out to take out the bloodline because everyone's fucking sick of it. I, I, I do think that it, bloodline has an opportunity here to like gather their own factions. I think uh, maybe McIntyre might see an opportunity there. I think uh, it, you could you could use it as a way to split up uh, Imperium as well. Gunther goes Cody. Kaiser goes bloodline. Think about it. Kaiser goes Nia Jax. <laughs> okay. Um, well, that's it for SmackDown, I think. You got any, uh, anything else you want to touch on before we, we head to the, the next section? That was Raw. You said SmackDown, but no. Oh, sorry. Yes. Uh, yes, that we we it was indeed quite. If raw. you're gonna be all right, so me well, out for saying the name wrong at the beginning of the last episode, and then over and then re-record it <laughs> like a fucking robot, I'm gonna correct you whenever I fucking can, buddy. I didn't even re-record it. I took it from the previous episode. Oh, you cheap <laughs> bastard! <laughs> I didn't. I didn't notice it when you did it in the moment. But it, it's like obviously the first thing, one of the first things you listen so to when mad. you're editing. I it. was so mad at you because I hate getting corrected like that. Steve does it to me all the time, and I went to the tapes to hear if I if it actually happened. And it fucking did, and I almost slammed and yeah. smashed everything in sight. I also thought about just putting like two thirds <laughs> in after the one forty one. That would have been better. I should have done that, but I was on I was on teeth drugs, so I didn't think I didn't think straightly. All right. <laughs> didn't think straightly. Okay. Okay, guys. It's game time, baby. Alright, let's get it set up. Here we go. Playing checkers. Alright, this one's gonna be a little bit difficult. Playing. I might have to I might have to try this twice because this is a bit of a this is a bit of a tongue twister. Okay. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Oh, Good song. McIntyre kicking Randy. Oh. McIntyre kicking Logan Paul. <laughs> McIntyre kicking Lashley. McIntyre kicking LA Knight. Will I know you know who straight is on fire? Woo! Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. Will I know you know who straight up on fire? Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre, chamber, chamber, elimination, it's in Perth at 3 a.m., chamber, chamber, elimination, it's in Perth at 3 a.m., it's in Perth at 3 a.m. Ah. Okay, today's game will is <laughs> thanks. That one I, I I was really happy when I put uh, chamber 
and danger together and then went, wait, fire, <laughs> McIntyre, this is going to be great. <laughs> All right. Uh, today's game is Chamber Chamber. We're going to do an Elimination Chamber themed game today. Okay. We got four questions. We got four questions for Will to uh, go for. So first off, we're going to start with an easy one, in my opinion. Okay. So we have six competitors in the Elimination Men's Chamber this weekend. Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, Logan Paul, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and L.A. Knight. Yeah. Will, two of these competitors are in their first Elimination Chamber. Who are those two competitors? L.A. Knight and Logan Paul. Oh, there you go. Fucking nailed it. Awesome. Great job, Will. Start you off with a nice, easy I think one. I there was a graphic going. about that on Bra this week. I can't remember. No. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> fine. Um, okay. So, second question, Will. Okay. Out of these competitors, two of them are tied for the most appearances in an elimination chamber match. Who are the two tied competitors for most appearances in the elimination chamber? I would. We have... John Cena, Triple H, Chris Jericho, Randy Orton, and Kofi Kingston. I want to say Chris Jericho. And what were the other ones again? Say the other ones again. Randy Orton, John Cena, Triple H, and Kofi Kingston. Chris Jericho and Triple H. Uh, one out of two, not bad. It was Chris Jericho and Randy Orton. Oh, that was the other point. Both tied. All right, all right. With eight appearances, and I believe Randy will take the record after uh, this weekend. Okay, okay, all right. Um, most eliminations in an elimination chamber in their entire career. So that's the most eliminations of competitors in these matches. Okay. So who has the most eliminations with ten eliminations? Is it? Triple H, Chris Jericho, Randy Orton, or The Undertaker? Ooh. Oh, I, I f- Randy Orton feels like a good one. He's 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 a killer, right? He's the Viper. He's ready to strike. He'll get you. He'll get that, that snake. Hey. <laughs> but Triple H also feels like right to me. I don't I don't know if I buy I don't know if I buy Chris Jericho with the most amount of eliminations. Um, Taker, though, I feel like Taker hasn't been in that many to have that many eliminations, and he's usually he's a long gamer, so I don't know if Taker would be up there. I will tell you this. These four competitors are the top four in eliminations. They, they are the top four most eliminations. And Undertaker has been in three elimination chambers, and he's in the top four. Woo. To put it in perspective, Jericho and Orton are tied at eight. Jericho and who? Jericho and Orton were tied at eight appearances. Eight appearances. And they're in the top four with The Undertaker, who has three appearances. Three appearances. But ten is still the most eliminations. Yes. Okay. So, I don't know. Oh, man. Maybe Taker is... Taker is a good one because you only need to. Uh, that's a that you know it can't be Taker because you need to basically eliminate an entire elimination chamber by yourself for that math to work out. I don't think. And we love math here at one forty one and two thirds percent. Do it every day. Um, 
I'm going to do... Uh, I'm going to go Triple H. Final answer. Triple H was in second with seven eliminations oh, no, and a, six appearances. It's Orton. Orton was third with six oh! eliminations in eight appearances. Number one, Lionheart Chris Jericho with ten eliminations in eight appearances. Ten eliminations in Chris Jericho. I'm sorry I redetted you, buddy. Represent Winnipeg. Now, <laughs> I'm going to throw a little curve, but this is kind of interesting. This is who has the most elimination chamber wins. And now, again, this is another... The, the four names I'm going to give you here are the top four in all-time victories in Elimination Chambers. But there's a lot of names John Cena, let's heard. go. So we have... John Cena, let's go. John Cena, Daniel Bryan, Edge, or Triple H? Uh, elimination Chamber. John Cena, let's go. John Cena, let's go is incorrect. It. it is Triple H Triple with H. four victories in six appearances. Fuck. God, I knew Triple H had something, and I never believed in him, and I only fucked myself in the end. God, I hate trivia. I hate it. Okay, what's next? <laughs> I hate trivia so much. That's it, Will. Ah, okay. That's it for the episode. <laughs> we did it. That's it for Chamber. Chamber. Drew McIntyre. What did I, what did I say? <laughs> All right. <laughs> in the chamber, chamber in Perth at 3 a.m. Yeah, that's great stuff. I mean, that's poetry <laughs> Whatever. right there. Uh, wow, Tyler, you made good on your promise. We are under two hours. We are under. We made our goal. We finally did we it. We finally did it. We're going to keep whittling this down until we can get to an hour and a half, and then we can actually do some of the extra segments that I had planned for this thing <laughs> that was supposed to be part of the whole fucking show is every week doing a – the, the main feature was supposed to be, the main part of the podcast was supposed to be revisiting classic things and so far, talking about wrestlers and pay-per-views. Yeah, we're, just st- we're just barely trying to keep up with the weekly nonsense because we keep talking about it so damn much. But I mean, like, that being said, oh, it doesn't, doesn't hurt to be on top of the news, eh, bud? All right? You got to know what's going on. You know no, it's true. Thrown, thrown it's, it's worth talking about right now, you know? Yeah, it is. So yeah, that's uh, that's this episode of one forty one and two thirds percent. Please reach out to us at one four one two three percent at gmail.com. Rate and review our podcast on all the platforms. Please tell your friends, your family, your significant others, your coworkers, anyone you know who cares about wrestling to come be a part of this burgeoning podcast. You can get on the ground floor, baby. You can get on the ground floor. You send me an email and say in your say you're a listener, you get Free merch for life. Yeah. How about that? Tyler. First person, first fan to send me an email gets free merch when we inevitably do merch for life. Yeah. And Tyler will also send you his personal address. You can visit him whenever you want. Just come on over. Doors you know open. what? Honestly, I'll give you I'll give you my old personal address. <laughs> and then you can try to like memento that shit back to yeah. get to Follow find where mail. I actually am now. Follow the mail. The mail knows. The male knows. <laughs> um, I got no plugs. There's still no new Who Killed the Radio Star. We have been very busy lately, both with this podcast and our personal lives and my teeth being extracted. So we have been unable to record a new episode. Will, you got a thousand things going on. What do you want to plug today? Uh, I got to do a touch on everything because I just dismissed it last week. I felt really bad at the end of that. So I'm going to give it full throttle today. 
Uh, I've got new season of chapter by chapter children of Dune starting right now. It's on your, wherever you get your podcasts, it's all kinds of craziness. I don't know if we do Dune any justice, but Hey, if you like hearing to, you like listening to two stoners talk about really, really, really abstract sci-fi. That's a show for you. Uh, we are also on the Patreon, the chapter by chapter Patreon podcast. Uh, we are covering True Detective, and we're diving back into Mistborn. We're about halfway through that book, so there is a lot of episodes to go check out there. We You can sign up for the Patreon at $1, and if Tyler can, he can put a link to the Patreon in there. Sorry if I'm stealing money from our podcast, but I need money to go into other podcasts because that podcast funds everything. Everything! Okay, and link to the Patreon. Link to my Patreon. And then finally, uh, if you guys like really, really cheesy pop punk, I'm in a band, The Galacticas. We just dropped an album last, uh, earlier this month, earlier this month. And it was actually the day after The Rock almost ruined WrestleMania. So I was a very, it was a very uh, complex mix of emotions I had that day. I think that's everything, Tyler. Okay, guys, so, yeah, I mean, that's it. Uh, sounds like you guys have some money to spend on Will's podcast so that uh, you can justify, help us justify creating our own Patreon. Uh, again, don't forget, please reach out to us, email us, questions, suggestions, um, recipes. Don't, don't say recipes, no, that's from no, the other no. show. Oh, that's right. You guys did do that bit. Wait, are you telling me Steve used that bit in another show? No, I'm saying that you guys did that bit on chapter okay. by chapter, didn't you? Making sure he didn't. Yeah, we do, we do. I just want to make sure he's not taking that bit to like he killed the radio star. Or it's not going to be listening to it at all. No, I mean I I did not do that on purpose right. at just all. Making I sure just supposed to be in my subconscious. Right. Scared me. Okay, guys. Um, well, you know, the important thing is is that we've done the math. The numbers don't lie, and they smell they smell disaster for U.S. sacrifice. Mm, great mm. job. See you.